This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not the views and opinions of anyone. It's just a podcast, dude. Oh, no, definitely Hulk Hogan all the way. No, I no, I think actually I think we did finally cover that. There who was do, no hot take. Do you think the wins? Rock wins, but um You think but do you think the nobody, Rock's going to win with I, his jiggle? I think the Rock wins, but the Rock only wins with Hogan giving a flare flop. So you're talking about Prime Hogan versus Prime Rock at their at their very best, most peak. I still think the Rock is a better showman. At his peak, and he would win the match just given the performance value. But uh, it would only be acceptable if if Hulk Hogan did the flare flop, if he just gave it to him. Who do you think will shed a tear in the ring when you watch this match? Oh, definitely Hulk Hogan. You I'm think sorry, Hulk Hogan I'm will sorry. shed a tear? Yes, because for, a, for America, for what's for happened America. to America, America. That, man, America. that man will shed one <laughs> single tear in the ring, and cool. it will crystallize permanently and become a part of the mat structure. You think so? You think? For what's happened to America. Okay, Absolutely. all right, we'll see what happens. Welcome, everybody, to the show. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Two Smarts and a Mark. I am uh, Adan Wateo, and I'm a smart. Uh, I am Mike Ford, and I'm your Mark, and today with us, special guest. Um, I'm, I don't know what I am. I'm not a diehard fan, but I do have knowledge in the subject, and I'm here to offer my opinion. I would call you a smart because you have yeah. a notebook full of info here. So well, like, <laughs> anybody who has ever taken notes on WWE is definitely a smart. Yeah. In okay, book. well I will take it. I will take the title. You said you wanted to start off talking about Les Mis. Miz, I right. The Miz. Oh, the Miz. Not, not the French. Not the French version. No. Okay. Okay. So Miss um, <laughs> who? Les Mis. Miss Cleo. Oh, Les Mis. No, I'm Les not Mis. familiar with Les Mis. Are you, are you joking? You've never heard of Les Miserables? Please tell me. It's uh, a phenomenal okay, okay, okay. Broadway show. It's been running for like your entire life. Okay, so <sighs> The Miz was in talks and he wanted to be part of Mortal Kombat movie that's coming out. And they were talking about him being Johnny Cage. Okay. Apparently it's going to Carl Urban. He's in final talks to be Johnny Cage. Um, are you familiar with Mortal Kombat? I am familiar with this story, actually. I had no idea that... Okay, okay, so now I know who The Wiz is. The, uh, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> the Miz, Mike no. Mizzy. But he, I mean, the guy, the guy is underrated. He is probably one of the better wrestlers, and most longevity as a wrestler went from... He's literally on a reality TV show and became The Miz. Okay. And went from there. But he was supposed to be Johnny Cage, and I, I'm kind of for it. Like, I could see him being Johnny Cage. I think he would have been good. He would have that kind of charisma. But they have Carl Urban. As Johnny Cage, and somebody had mentioned he'd be a better Kano, and I was like, I, I kind of see that he would be a better Kano. But didn't the last Mortal Kombat movie have Kato, Kano in it? Haven't they already kind of done it, Kano? It did have a Kano in there, yes. But I mean, like the way movies are now, they recast people like crazy. You it's know? true, and they they recast Mortal Kombat. I mean, honestly, that and these are all original characters. Like, are they really going to come out with brand new characters? Highly doubt it because it has such a big cult following to it. Very true. You know, and a lot of people would be super pissed if they said, um, where is so-and-so? You know what I mean? Or I can't think of any They just need to fit all of the characters in. It really doesn't matter who plays them. They need to make a damn good freaking Mortal Kombat movie that's not just completely CGI. 
I mean, I consider the Mortal Kombat movies to be as interchangeable as the Fast and Furious movies. They just, right. they're kind of all just kind of one movie, and it just depends they all kind on of run together. what scene you catch when. Fast and Furious, I feel like, is a really big offender of, like, just pump out content. You know, like, I... They know what makes them money. Yeah, and yeah. I, I just, I've never been a fan of the Fast and Furious movies. I've mm-hmm. seen, like, a couple, but they've never really, like... Stuck to me. I'm also not a car guy, so I guess that's a big part of it. That is true. You know, the latest trailer shows, I think, a, a Dodge Charger, like, pulling two helicopters down. And I'm like, dude, are we, are, <laughs> like, that's where my suspension and disbelief goes away. Like, people are like, how can you watch wrestling when it's fake? Well, how can you watch Fast and Furious when two helicopters are being pulled down by a Dodge Charger? Like, I don't have that suspension and disbelief, but you guys do. At this point, they're going to have Vin Diesel in the nursing home, you know, with a walkie-talkie saying, guys, let's do it. (laughs) Okay, but you you cannot deny the correlation between the Fast and Furious movies and pro wrestling. Well, yeah, I could see that. I mean, if if pro wrestlers got into cars, you would have Fast and Furious. Testosterone-driven beefcakes in cars, mm-hmm. doing their thing, and it's awesome, and it's melodramatic as hell. And you got the and hot none women of it is real, but you don't care. There. You don't care that the Dodge Charger can't drag down two helicopters. Just like you don't care that he didn't really get beaten. He just kind of fell down on his face. You don't care because. And what's a funny it, little correlation between those two movies, The Rock is a part of both of them. Yeah, you're right. Also, that's very, very true. I There's mean, that cheese again. And and he's good at both of them because it's, it's fundamentally the same thing. He knows how to work the system. He knows so how to move in the system. I'm surprised that you're not a fan of Fast and Furious or that neither of you are fans of Fast and Furious. I mean, not I really. I mean, I'll like, watch them, but I'm not, like, invested. Just because I would think that the fan base would be very, very similar between pro wrestling and Fast and Furious. I mean, there was a Hobbs and Shaw movie that I did watch that and that was good, but it didn't really include cars. So was that was okay a spinoff. Yeah, from yeah. what I understand. Um but, you know, like, getting back to The Rock, like, The Rock was so gimmicky, and I guess that's what made it work is, like, you know, originally The Rock was hated. He came out with a horrible gimmick, and people were saying, die, Rocky, die. Oh, and he yeah. Goes, and then, he, you know, he flipped the heel, and then I honestly feel a lot of stuff he was doing was just trying to, like, pop the other guys to, like, make them laugh, you know? And then some of it just kind of took off, because The Rock really does have that natural charisma right from the get-go. People kind of realize that. A lot okay. of them do. Look at John Cena. He's another one. John Cena almost got fired when he first started. He, he almost became the villain. Yeah. Because I, actually, I think for a little while there, like a couple the of years, he was the villain. I would and love then to he make a whole thing it. about being like the American hero Marine guy. He that did. was that after. Yes. That's Cena. Because okay. he came out being, I'm a rapper. I'm going to start rapping. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, playing the race car. You know, he, stuff he like pulled, that. He pulled a Marky Mark. Yes. He started exactly. off as a rapper yeah, and then go. became respectable. That's exactly what he did. Okay. Yeah. And then he did the whole, I'm proud to be an American, Marines, hoorah, you know, and that's there's your fan base. Because who's a big chunk of wrestling fan base? Oh, military. Very much military. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tribute so to the troops was every year practically. Him and Vince knew exactly what they were doing, and that's why. Sorry to interject this, but whenever Vince had all the allegations come out against him, John Cena is one of the only ones who has come out saying, I support Vince. So when we left off, we had really kind of... um, We were talking about the Montreal Screwjob Mm -hmm. and how that basically birthed Mr. Big Man 
the, the birth of Mr. McMahon. Yes. Yes. And that was a launching platform for a lot of like the best stuff of the 90s. Stone Cold Steve Austin, mm-hmm. you know, um, The Rock. And he was basically the villain. I mean, every good superhero needs a good villain. Otherwise, it doesn't really doesn't really stick. Exactly. Now, before we really get into um, Mr. McMahon and the character of Mr. McMahon and the dangers of blurring the lines between fantasy and reality, um, I do understand that we have some uh, listener submissions on some corrections from last week. Um, what do we have? Okay, so the first one is going to be Bruno San Martino. We were talking about him and who he wrestled for. Bruno was actually a champion for a combined 11 years. WWWF. Um, that was Vince Sr.'s company. Bruno San Martino is one of the greatest wrestlers around before all the other stuff. Absolutely. The second thing that someone had mentioned was SummerSlam 2000 was not the first TLC tables match. It's actually the first instance that they had mentioned was uh, Macho Man Randy Savage putting someone through a table in 1984. Mm. Oh, wow. An announcer's mm-hmm. table, yeah. Back in 84? Okay. All the way back in 84, he was put through the announcer's table. That, that was kind of the thing that they had mentioned, which at the time, you know, that was devastating, you know. Like, yeah, no, I mean that. You didn't see that kind of thing. I mean, you have the tag team now that one of them always goes and gets the table. The Dudley Boys, yeah. I mean, they're, I don't, I want to say they're, wrestling? they may still be doing a couple matches. I know, I'm not sure about Devon, but I know uh, Bubba Ray Dudley still does it. He lost a lot of weight. But yeah, yeah I mean, they were over like crazy. I, I mean, like, whenever he like pushed Devon, he goes, Devon! Get the tables and people would flip out, and oh, yeah. it, it was it was so good. I mean, they put the Rock through a table. Man, that was the Wild Wild West back then, though. In the early nineties to mid two thousands, ooh, forget about it. I was not in. I mean, I you I have never been. That? I would never been in on it, but I, I even I remember that time period as a yeah. particularly brutal. Anything went at all? Yeah, they were there throwing was, there was a lot of into blood. the ring. Yeah, Mick Foley. Oh my God! He fell through that cage in Hell in 1998. And yeah, he fell through that cage, and all of those thumbtacks were on the side of his face, on his arm, Ooh. on his side. He had to go backstage, and they had to sit there while he's like laying on the stretcher, pretty much, and just like Pull take pliers after him. Pull. You know, they said that. So whenever oh. all that happened. Mick Foley actually had a broken foot yeah. when he was wrestling. Really? And so they went to the top of the cage, and at the time, the Hell in a Cell was not designed to be stand, stood on top of. Um, and so, like, a lot of these engineers were like, what are you guys doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? And they could tell they were walking, and they could hear, like, little bing, yes. bing, bing of, like, like fasteners breaking off. Right. And Undertaker had said that whenever he chokeslammed Mick on the top of it, and he fell through... He basically thought he was dead. He's like, I, I just killed this man. Because I think after mm. that, I can't remember if it was before, but he... So the cage was covered at the top and they went through the top? It was top? an entire cage. It looked like a big dog kennel. Okay, Chain yeah, yeah, Over yes. the ring. Yeah. Chain and fence. he just, ugh, and just goes straight through it, down into the ring where all of these thumbtacks and stuff are. Because wasn't it Mick that... Actually threw the thumbtacks down. Mick Foley's Mankind character was known for being hardcore. And like Mick he, Foley it in was general. meant for the, the other opponent. Yes. And then yeah. he, he kind of got into it. But, I mean, like, if I remember correctly, he climbed up there again and he mm-hmm. fell. Or either when he fell, a chair came down and smashed him in the face. Yes. And so at the time, at some point, Undertaker said that he went up to Terry Funk. Terry Funk was in Mick's corner. He goes, 
make sure that he's still alive. <laughs> yes, I yeah. remember that. I remember watching that like probably in eighth grade or so, seventh or eighth grade. Oh, was this and before and after Owen Hart? This um, was. Was, it, was this before or after oh, Owen Hart? Shoot. I, I want to say that's think. shortly before. Yeah, if it's in 98, in 99 yeah, is when Owen Hart passed. That's right. So they were already risking Oh, they've been risking on... their, yeah, the whole entire time. The Undertaker got caught on fire trying to come out of his entrance. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Where yeah, he, he was uh, in his coffin, I believe. And it like it's supposed to set on fire or something like that, and um, he comes out. He's, he's an undertaker. He's dead, you know. But he was man. stuck in it, like burning. There Ooh. have been multiple accents, but like mankind, mankind was known oh, for being hardcore. One thing that always sticks in my mind when I think about Mick, Mick Foley, first of all, Mick Foley is a brilliant guy. He's very well spoken. He's he's oh, had man. some of the greatest promos, but he. One thing that always sticks in my mind is when he said that he went into the doctor and he the doctor took an x-ray of his back. And then he thankfully goes, oh, I see. It's these two here that are the problem ones because they're white. And he goes, Mick, those are the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, and my God. I Mick remember was like, that. Oh. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. Oh, that's brutal. And see, that goes into also like – did Vince McMahon, the CEO of WWF, WWE, did he actively know that this could be potentially deadly? Or did he just choose to ignore it because ratings, ratings, ratings? Well, Which is there was, there, I mean, there definitely was a he distinctive change. Uh, I know Vince McMahon Sr., every single wrestler who I've ever heard interview work with him, uh, said that he actually cared about the guys. See, it very really much feels cared like he about was his being negligent, though. But everyone else says that Vince McMahon Jr., while business-wise he's a chip off the old block of his old man, right. he never really cared about his performers. See, I don't feel he has either. I feel he's very negligent with all of the deaths that have happened inside and outside of the ring with suicides and with, you know, these horrible stunts gone wrong. You know, whenever they I, should, it's like... We said earlier, it's a athletic soap opera. There is rehearsals. Allegedly neg- negligent, since that is a ne- legal term. Well, but, yeah, that is true. Allegedly, <laughs> I I would have to agree with you that there is a lot of <laughs> alleged negligence uh, that has that happened, way. and especially during that late '90s, early 2000 period. Especially, yeah, uh, that time of frame when anything went. Now, it should be mentioned that Mick Foley, even before, like, the Attitude Era really took off, at the beginning of his character, Mick Foley was known for doing hardcore stuff. He would do a true. elbow drop from the apron onto the concrete floor onto an opponent. That was his finisher for a time. That's, That's true. And can you really tell the elbow. two to 300-pound grown men that are six, seven foot tall, can you really tell them what to do when it comes to egos and I'm a big badass, I'm going to fly off of this 30-foot building. Not when the adrenaline is going. So could Vince McMahon also not be negligent, but also I can't really tell these grown men what to do. See, I I personally think Vince probably has the mentality of like, well, you're a performer to me until you prove yourself that you're valuable. That's a good point. The Undertaker is probably the, was the most valuable person to Vince McMahon because me personally, I feel that if it's not Vince's character, you're not going to make it, brother. I may put yeah. you on, but I'm going to cut you down at some point. I think that has been a, the, the thing true. with him the entire time. I would have to agree, yeah. I agree with that. Look at a lot of the greats that have just 
disappeared completely from the industry. Sting. Because they just wouldn't bow down to him pretty much, you know, because he is a control freak, let's be honest, but that's how he's made his billions. To be fair, Sting had a very, very good musical career afterwards, so I don't think we need to... Come on. <laughs> Get out of here. And Hulk Next... Hogan had a great reality show. Hey, look, Hulk Hogan and The Rock have both gone heel the at Rock. some point. Who wins, Hulk Hogan or The Rock? Well, if you ask Hulk, Hulk Hogan, Hogan it's going to be Hulk Hogan, Hogan in their heyday. I'm going or the for rock Hulk in their Hogan. Hayden. I'm going oh, for you? Hulk Hogan. I'm going win? for the underdog. He fights like a real American. <laughs> he fights for the rights of every man. He's got long, glorious golden hair. He personally kicked Mikhail Gorbachev in the balls. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, I mean, yeah, he's going bald and stuff, and he wears the bandana, but come on. No, in his heyday. He's the rock, fine. The Rock in his wrestling heyday at the peak of his rock condition, and Hulk Hogan in his heyday at the peak of his Hogan well, condition. Well, you know, The Rock, you know, is good cheese. I mean, The Rock is good cheese. He's rock, great cheese. He's good. Uh, so was Hulk Hogan. Oh, I'm just saying, oh, who man. gives a better performance? Who honestly he, wins in that fight? I mean, I want to say on the mic, The, the Rock, rock. Gives a the good rock might give a better performance. He does. But I'm I wouldn't want to see Hulk Hogan lose. I mean, because we yeah. saw it. I mean, I don't, Mike, have you ever seen WrestleMania 18, Rock versus Hulk Hogan? No. Okay, so no, this th happened? This, this actually, is not a theoretical? This was a real match that happened. <laughs> you and just nailed it on the center right okay, there. Okay, you know? see, I'm new to the whole world, <laughs> and, and here we are. I want to say Hogan was probably in his 40s when he did this, but I mean, like... It was hot. I mean, they, they kind of teased it. This was in his NWO era, right? So this was Hulk Hogan like, as a heel. Oh, who was he with? He was with two others. Who was it? Uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Yes. Okay. Yes. I the NWO. This. Yeah, yeah. The New World Order. Yeah. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking I about remember, it. <laughs> I do remember, remember the 90s. Remember he died in I just beard wasn't black? Yeah. Well, Everything. So Vince, Vince, you know, Vince, I personally think Vince is a corporate... CEO in the worst and possibly best way because he introduced to the WWE. He says, I'm tired of, of the WWE. And he goes, I'm going to give it poison. I'm going to give the WWE cancer. And you're like, oh my God. And then the music hits, you know, yeah. the very distinctive NWO music. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh my God, what, what, what a better entrance was to like have it be done like that. Now, I don't think the run really went the distance, but, I mean, the intro was just so good. They, I mean, they had the merch. You could not walk through middle school or high school without seeing NWO oh, merch. Oh, look at the toy aisle at Walmart. Absolutely. You know, mm -hmm. in, say, all the little action figures. Are they even worth anything now? I'm sure <laughs> they are. Oh, they still, still, still have really? a sealed, unopened NWO. No. Oh, I'm sure it's worth something. Yeah. I wonder if they have the Hulk Hogan Blackbeard little doll. I'm sure they know? do. I mean, Hogan turning heel at that point, that was like <laughs> such a big... It, that was such a big deal because he was America's sweetheart for years. Yeah, he was a real American hero. He, like was, he, he was Captain America. He even did Captain, movies. It's when Captain America went Hulk back. Hulk Hogan did the movies. Uh, oh, yeah. What was that one? He was like the babysitter and he has a pink tutu Mr. on the front. Mr. Mr. I, you know what? what? I think I have that somewhere in this DVD. Not. I do. I think do I really you? do have it in the collection right now. I think it's Mr. Oh, Nanny. And he also did, I think, Commando. Because people one. make fun of The Rock. People make fun of John Cena for doing movies like that, you know. But it's 
pretty standard, it seems, because this was back in early 90s with Hulk Hogan. In doing, like, he did the action flicks, you know, trying to be Stallone and stuff like that, you know, just like John Cena and The Rock. Exactly. A Look sealed, at Doom. <laughs> a sealed Kevin Nash is worth $60 on eBay. $60. Uh, if the, you can sell the it sealed, on eBay. The sealed box with all three of them is $220. Well, all you listeners out there, if you have this, we get a part of it. <laughs> Send them. You're welcome. We do accept merch <laughs> at our P.O. box, which is insert P.O. box here. Yeah. And <laughs> speaking of uh, people sending us stuff, what other corrections do we have from last week? Those are the main corrections that we got sent in so far. Okay, so we were um, like 98% correct. Yes. Yeah, so there are other minor things that people commented on, but these are probably the biggest ones that I think we really needed to like address later. So to continue on with the storylines, Hogan going bad. Okay. When, in your opinion, did the storylines become more important than what happened in the ring? I mean, part of me would say that the Attitude Era is when you really saw that push. And that's kind of been the thing for some time is that... And the Attitude Era is what we were talking about. Late yes. 90s, early 2000s. The late yes. 90s. Or, yeah, exactly. Because that's when you saw Stone Cold, Steve Austin, right. um, Undertaker, Raw, Kane, all Kane. these big guys. Um, and they... That's the thing is, like, a lot of people complain that wrestling isn't really a whole lot of actual pro wrestling nowadays. Depending on what the show is about, you may see 30 minutes of wrestling in a three-hour, like, show. When it comes to Vince, I Vince had that big push for characterization, and that's really what made him. Basically, Owen Hart got screwed at the Montreal Screwjob, and then Mr. McMahon became Mr. McMahon. Vince became Mr. McMahon. Mm -hmm. And then that eventually gave birth to one of the biggest... Um, Faces in the WWE, which was Stone Cold, because Stone Cold was the ultimate anti-establishment rebel. Mm -hmm. Well, he, that's really all, all so well was, and good. He was like an anti-face, like he, an anti-hero. He was an anti-hero, exactly, and he wasn't originally like built like that. But because he was so popular, and because Mister McMahon was the catalyst for that, Mister McMahon says, "Well, I'll be the authority figure, and you can tell me to like go screw myself." That's exactly what it did, and that that was probably one of the most brilliant things that happened, because it really it, it at least for me it captured my imagination. I'm like, yeah, screw the corporate CEO, and I was instantly hooked. Okay, John Cena tried to kind of be a heel before he came out as a hero. That's right. uh, do you think that Vince? Do, was there any evidence of Vince McMahon trying to be a face before he was a heel? Or did he come out with the hero heel character and that just was allowed Steve Austin to gain? Well, see, I didn't get into the wrestling until he was already CEO. Okay. So I wasn't into it in the 80s. Of course, I was not born. I, <laughs> I was born in 87. Gotcha. So um, I was into it more like probably fourth, fifth grade through... I want to say my freshman year of high school. So he was very solidly so, Mr. McMahon. Yes, he was the mean, evil that CEO. Okay. No one liked him. No one liked Stephanie because she was daddy's girl, and she's going to jump in there and And she was a, a ring scene. girl who occasionally she, wrestled? Stephanie McMahon was, is his daughter. Is his daughter, right. And she would come in. She was learning the ropes of how to be the next Vince McMahon. Okay. How to become in the business, so to say. And so she would come out, and she would go up to The Rock, and she'd slap him, and she'd be like, you're nothing but a piece of shit, you know, and right. say all this mean, disrespectful stuff. Someone would choke slam her, you know, and then 
all hell would break loose, pretty much. So, <laughs> and those were the best days. <laughs> there was a clip I found the other night, and I was looking through it, and it's a Vince kissing Stephanie. They did. It's like a minute long segment, mm-hmm. but it was. I mean, like watching it now, it was so cringy because yeah. Stephanie and I, I get Stephanie's playing a part but she's like so daddy and then like blah blah and I, immediately it just gives weird vibes to it and then they do like a little on the mouth peck which has always been kind of weird to me I'm not a this is also before PC times when anything went on TV you know what I mean yes so like nowadays that would never fly right but back then it was like whatever well but also you know? I mean if the man is a heel it didn't really fly back then either. Right. It wasn't something that you would get canceled out of personal and private, you know, out of private life and public life and everything. But it wasn't something that people would cheer for. It was, in right. fact, something that a villain would do. It was ratings. Something that the yeah. bad guy would do. It was total villain ratings. If, if, you, if you had the hero out there mm-hmm. kissing his daughter, people would have said, That uh, is true. No, uh-uh. But when the villain's doing it, it's well, he's a bad like, guy. Just makes me like him even less. Yeah, right. But you're going to tune in next week but to gonna, see what happens. Yeah, especially if Stephanie's hot. I've never <coughs> seen a photo, but I, I would probably tune oh, in. Stephanie's I mean, beautiful. She, I'm yes, not going to lie. Yeah. She right. is beautiful. This McMahon will tell you himself that she is beautiful. Well, uh, Trump will say the same thing about his daughter. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, you know. we're not jumping into that. That's Mr. a whole other controversy I, with Vince. I am, I am not concerned about what Mr. McMahon says about his daughter. I might be interested in what Vince says about his daughter. Ooh. But there is this underlying thing with Mr. McMahon because, like, I, you know, if you go through and you look at, like, to talk about the scandals, like the 2020 interview where they basically expose wrestling, mm-hmm. Vince does damage control, and he... Like, he goes through and he's like, hey, we're not going to admit anything, blah, 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 until he can take time to think of a plan and then goes and executes it. Um, Vince throws a lot of money at things, though. Quite a bit. Quite a bit. I mean, like, so, like, let's... He has the money to throw. He does. I mean, the man's a billionaire But there now. also comes a point where you got to be accountable for what you do. See, I and totally... not just throw money at it. And it's like your kid gets in trouble at school. Oh, I want to go and fix it for them and not... And yell at the teacher so they don't get detention. I mean, it, let it, your kid get detention. It certainly would make society better if your kid got detention. Yeah. But the plain fact is, yes, money can solve detention. It does. Money yeah. can solve a bunch of legal problems. Mm-hmm. Should it happen? No. No. But mm-hmm. if you've got the money, do you really have to be accountable for what and you've that's done? The moral. Not until you get Epstein. The moral obligation. Does he have morals? You know, or. Does it it kill him to be like this? If Vince McMahon has morals, does Mr. McMahon have any morals? And who's who's talking right now? So, (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think Vince is the perfect corporate CEO because it's almost like he is concerned with what's good for the company and what's good for himself. And he will actively push people under the bus. During the 2020 interview, you know, he basically told David Schultz, like, hey, slap the shit out of this guy. And then he's like, oh, it's fine, David. We'll go ahead and we'll put you on the back burner. You'll do a book deal, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> Nothing ever came of that. Because Vince right. was protecting himself and he wasn't worried about anyone else. He was doing what, in his mind, was best for the company. Which, I mean, on the one hand, I get it. A company should totally yeah. do that. On the other hand, it's like, is it? it's not the best model. In terms of, uh, like, justice and what's socially right, it's not the best model. Sure. But also, why spend money solving a problem when you can just spend words if someone will accept promises, 
well, then you've solved the problem. And that's the thing about wrestling is that it's it's very much like on a person's word. And, it, again, it's that tight-knit community right. that if you really want to be part of it, and like if, you know, because let's say David wants to be champion. David, Dr. Dr. D, David Schultz wanted to be champion. Okay. If he's told Vince no, I mean, what are your chances after that? Oh, he's like, champion. I'm not going to do this. And he's like, all right, cool. Well, uh, good luck with your future endeavors, you know, that kind of thing. That and again, so this was, this was, oh, this was still in the, so shady. this was still in the Weinstein era of like, Hollywood. If you this tell was me no, how the industry went. Over, I mean, that was know. really how people used power in the early, late 80s, early 90s. still use power like that. The majority uh, of these pe- women coming out right now, accusing him of sexual misconduct, you know, that's, they're being shut down right now because it's their word against his. And, and that's what's so sad about it. And, I mean, it has... Well, like I said, uh, this was still in the Weinstein era of, yeah. era of Hollywood. Yeah. That was simply how... Indi- that was how the entertainment industry worked. That's how it all worked. It you go to the couch. did. You, I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. If you want to be successful at some point, yeah. you're going... The phrase is, you're going to have to give a little to get a little. The casting couch. The casting exactly. couch. Exactly. Oh, um, and, and I am like, familiar with the casting couch, let me just say. Oh, and are you? <laughs> I, I've seen a couple documentaries on Pornhub about it. Oh, um, no. <laughs> Don't plug them into this. We'll have to pay Dude, Pornhub does good stuff. They donate to, like... <laughs> no, it's a crappy autoplay feature. There's no discretion. you got to make sure your headphones are already plugged in before you even turn it on. Oh, Don't, even, don't even go there. Pornhub does do charity, though. I'm pretty sure they do They do. Charity. I'm sure they have to. They have to do their taxes somehow. They, su- they support a lot of single. Mothers. You know, that's a good point. I get that. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean but tax like, deductions. Hello. <laughs> well, it makes sense. They save puppies. And, and yes, you can. You can go back to. <laughs> you can go back to that time and say that it was wrong, but we have, and we have already said it doesn't need to be done that way anymore. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it doesn't change that that is the way the industry was. A lot of people yeah. do have complaints because of it. But again, these complaints are 30 years old because that's just the way it was. So can you really blame Vince McMahon for behaving in the way that society and culture I and everything said I was that gonna, I was a person agree. of his I, yeah. level of power should be behaving? Oh, I it absolutely blame him for was. every allegation that has come out against him. Look at Bill Cosby; those are thirty, forty years old, and he has been in prison. Like he, he was just found get guilty. Out? I I think he did just get out. He's and, in his nineties, though, yeah. you know, whatever. But I'm just saying he needs to be accountable for these. Alle- those are serious allegations right now. I, I I don't disagree. Yeah, he needs to be held accountable. If Bill Cosby can go to prison at ninety, then he needs more than just here's three million dollars. You know, lady, no, that's bullshit. So I agree with in the sense that, like, it's not okay that he, that Vince does that. Even though people may accept it and parts of it are acceptable, I personally don't think that it's it's okay. There have been lots of things in history that have been acceptable that are not acceptable now. Mm -hmm. But if you have enough people, you know, an echo chamber telling you that, like, oh, it's okay, yeah, just stab him a little bit, just once, you know. And the other thing with Vince is that, Vince was very good at protecting himself. I mean, look mm-hmm. at the steroid trial, right? Was was exactly. George Zahorian. He took the fall for and went to jail for three years. Vince scot free, even though it's very well known that he is a meathead and he loves meatheads. He mm-hmm. did the whole bodybuilding thing where he basically encouraged steroids. 
look at the ring boys from the early 90s like the ring boys that would help set up and break down the rings there are famous wrestlers that have allegations against them and against Vince McMahon and his wife that they knew that this stuff was happening to these boys and they did nothing to play the heel just a little bit here though okay if right now as a society we decide that in America if you own a McDonald's you should make one million dollars a year and we give every single McDonald's owner one million dollars a year Okay. 30 years from now, we decide that that was way too much to be paying them. Do we have a right to take that money back? That, okay, I see what you're saying. I totally get it. No, I don't think they should take the money back. It's, I mean, personally, it feels to me like a lot of stuff that Vince McMahon did. And, and on the whole, the corporate spectrum is a lot of this stuff is, you know, either accepted or swept under the rug. And it doesn't diminish my personal sense of justice from that i think people should be beholden you know whether preferably in this life not the afterlife to what they've done and you know that's not to say that people can't change and things can change it's just that like lots of times i get the sense that if people get away with it enough it's the idea that power corrupts absolutely let's talk about vince you were talking about the sexual harassment stuff Mm -hmm. vince between uh, in about a 16-year span, paid out $12.5 million to about four women. Um, $7.5 million to an ex-wrestler in 2005. I did not find whose name that was. I was going to say Tori, Sable, you know, but... Well, there was a whole storyline with Trish Stratus that he came out and made out with her. And that's where the affair allegation, you know, all of that came about. Was that maybe one of the first times that a storyline got mixed up with real life? If you are enjoying this show and would like it to keep existing, please support the Cram Network on Patreon.com. That's C-R-A-M-M. Check us out and find even more shows you'll like. Because they built a storyline with that affair. I'm not positive, but as far as that question, but you can see a start blurring. Yes, and it has actually happened with Stephanie, his daughter, and Triple H. Triple H was with China, and Stephanie, you know, part of the storyline, him and Stephanie, you know, on a drunken night get married or something like that in a Vegas drive-through. Yes, correct. Yeah, Vince was uh, and China. That's when she stepped out and went villain and you know all of that stuff happened and then she just completely bailed out of the industry like she left well china was dating triple h at the time and they were supposedly really good yeah and uh, triple h was very much hated when he was younger and i Mm -hmm. you know during his career and Mm -hmm. i what did they call themselves there was three of them as well one of them was the Suck it. Degeneration X. Degeneration X, yes. yes. Oh my god. That oh memories. Okay. But I <laughs> I remember that I didn't know what you were talking about until yeah. you did the suck it thing. And I was like, suck Oh yeah, it. no, I remember that. That little guy suck it. with the yeah. curly hair. Yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> suck it. He was like four foot tall. That that was just like <laughs> That was iconic, right? I have I never watched wrestling. I knew what that meant. Everybody <laughs> did that. I'm pretty sure Everyone it was in movies that. in and the nineties. I mean that I was that just a thing. Anyways, back to your point of China. So 
China and Triple H were dating. They break. Well, at some point, Triple H starts dating Stephanie McMahon. Mm -hmm. Now, Triple H was always kind of the guy who was looking for power. Uh, reports would say that Triple H would say one thing about a guy, and he'd be like, <laughs> and then he'd be like, that guy sucks. I mean, he's gotcha. never going to mm -hmm. get anywhere. Triple H was very, very much supposedly one to politic his way to power. And he is. Uh, chairman, CEO, he has a very high position in WWE now, and he just happens yeah. to be married to Vince McMahon's daughter. Is that like an actual real position in WWE? I mean, does he have to do paperwork, or is it just as much as as much of a well, he part recently or had a character an as the rest heart of the attack. He had a heart issue that came through. Yes. Yeah, and he was in the hospital for months. He was forced forced quotations, you know, I guess, to retire. He just had these heart issues. I think he had to have heart surgery or something like that. He was out for months. Oh, yeah. And that's whenever he became behind the scenes Triple H. Because that was right after one of the summer Smackdowns or something like that. Or was it the summer Smackdown or was it WrestleMania? That after that he was like having the heart problems. At, so this was, it was very recent that that happened. And that yeah. at some point he did have the issues, had to retire. Because... Triple H. And that's why they put him in the office. Triple H was champion. He's, I want to say, like a 14-time champion. He's, okay. you oh, know. Oh, he's amazing. He's a Hall of Famer for sure. Gotcha. Oh, but and he's a heel. He, he, uh, he, he was for a long yes. time. A long time. Like, I don't think he started out as a heel, but then he kind of switched it up. I, probably around the time he started dating Stephanie, honestly. He used to be Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and mm -hmm. he had, like, a... Like a, a dashing gentleman gimmick and okay. all sort of stuff. Yes, that's that's right. That was like what, like mid or late. 90s. That was early nineties. I would 90s? say early nineties, eighties, somewhere around there. Same, same thing. And yeah, right. Early nineties, eighties, fifties, late nineties, early nineties, late eighties. There we go. Um, but he, you know, he started that gimmick and then he changed over, and there was. I get the sense that Triple H always had that search for power. And mm -hmm. that, you know, once you can't be champion, you can't be champion at 50 years old or stuff like that. I mean, you could, but feasibly your body's going to slow down. And yeah. so he goes, well, I You just I can't mean, take the hits anymore. You exactly. bring a great point to my brain just now. He was against authority. What if he was trying to do the same thing that Stone Cold was coming in to do to kind of go against Vince's authority? And that, because remember, Vince didn't want him dating Stephanie, is what the storyline was. And he was like, you stay away from my daughter, Triple H, you stay away from her. And then they had, like, their matches together, and he would chokeslam Vince, Vince would chokeslam him, you know, back and forth, back and forth for years until they eloped. And then he kind of had to get used to him. Okay. But he kept on saying, like, hey, Vince, I got your daughter here, you know, at egging him on. I think there definitely very much was some of that that was going on because, I mean, like, you can't look at people like Stone Cold and The Rock and not be like, I need, you know, I can't let them get ahead of me. And I, yeah, judging from how Triple H is and how the industry is, there's no way his ego would let him be like, well, I'll just mark out my niche. No, he wanted to be in movies. He wanted to be champion. He wants power. And Triple H never did any kind of movies, did he? He did try to get into movies. Did actually. he? Yeah, he was in Blade. Uh, no, he wasn't. Who was he, he in was, Blade? He was, I, I want to say Blade that. 3 with Ryan Reynolds, I think, oh. actually. Oh, one of them little sequels. Oh, okay. It's like the third one with Wesley Snipes. <laughs> you guys never saw it. It was good. He lost it in it. They all had Wesley Snipes in them. 
<laughs> Only one of them had Ryan Reynolds in him. Okay, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds tried so hard. Wait, he was in Blade? Oh, Blade 3. Never mind. Yeah, no one pays attention to musicals, though. After the Bla- second one, no one pays attention. Blade 2 kind of sucked. Blade 3 was just a hard vampire suck. That's I mean, like it was... Green Lantern. You just don't watch it. it. Oh, Green Lantern was horrible. <laughs> I watched Green Ryan Lantern Reynolds. just to find out why it was so bad. <laughs> and the, re- the thing is, Ryan Reynolds is fine in it. The, the writing's okay. The directing's not horrible. Mm. I really can't point to a single reason why it sucks so hard, but it does. It just does. No, the world wasn't ready for it. No. No. The world was ready for Just Deadpool. like Daredevil and Elektra. They weren't ready for that. <laughs> uh, Daredevil was not well done. Elektra was None not well done. None of them were well done. Like, they had the, the distinctive, like, 90s vibe. Yeah. But it just, I mean, that comes down to Hollywood kind of interjecting and be like, well, what if what if Daredevil actually can see? Yeah. Okay, know? so just for a little bit of, uh, we'll clip this up and we'll put it on the Patreon. Okay, so you have Hulk Hogan, right, who basically virtually was Captain America. Mm-hmm. I mean, his name could have been Captain America and it would have been fine, except Marvel already owned the, the copyright yeah. on Captain America. Who else? Is there a Wolverine? In WWE, is I, there an Elektra? Is there a Daredevil? Uh, who else do huh. we have? That's, I mean, that's a good question. Wolverine, Stone Cold, and Wolverine. Like, how could that not be that's Wolverine? True. Stone Cold was the the two fingers up, right, guy? Okay, so yeah, I can the I can totally I can totally see him as Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because he Stone Cold was so popular because he had that vibe. He was very anti-establishment. He yeah. was a redneck, so people identified with him. But then, you know, if you really think about it, Wolverine. Redneck didn't did his own thing, anti-establishment. You know, you, yeah. it's if you watch the Wolverine movies and X Men movies, you usually see Wolverine drinking a beer, or he's cage fighting in the very first X Men. So, would you say Triple H is maybe Sabretooth? <sighs> oh. No, see, okay, both of you are okay. disappointed with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about Triple H. <laughs> I'm, I'm hesitating how to characterize Triple H because he is a titan in the industry. He was a ring general. Yeah, but he never quite got to the level that Stone Cold and The Rock did. That's not to knock Triple H. Triple H is—I mean, he's had some of the best matches, and in in WWE he was great. But he never attained the same level of fame that Rock had, or that Hogan had, or even Stone Cold had. He tried. But in all three of those examples, you're mentioning faces, and he was a heel. A heel is never going to be as popular as the face because the face is the hero. The majority of Triple H's matches, the big ones that everyone led up to, was usually always against Stone Cold or The Rock or The Undertaker or Undertaker slash Kane. Right. You know, those big heavy hitters that are big name plays. The marquee names, they're what's going to put butts in seats. He, He was the bad guy. And so whenever he would win, let's say WrestleMania or whatever it was, you know, those big, huge matches, it was always like, oh, my God, Triple H just won. You know, it was a it was huge, an upset. huge, because he just beat The Rock in his cheese. Well, yeah. I'm, well, I mean, With yeah, but a, a good upset is a good upset. Oh when everyone God. knows that The Rock is going to win because he's going to drop the people's elbow and yeah, then, no. you know, he gets put into a cross-legged Boston I was always Boston so crab. upset whenever the Stone Cold Steve Austin would lose. I was always so upset with that because he was one of my favorites. People, Stone Cold <laughs> got to the point, and we'll get, get back to Triple H in a second, but Stone yeah. Cold got to the point where he was so popular that at one point he, he did a heel turn. He basically, at WrestleMania, he was like, I'm going to shake Vince's hand and I'm going to be the bad guy. Yeah. 
And then oh, at one yeah. point, he and I want to say Triple H did a match against the Hardy Boys, right? Hardy mm-hmm. Boys had a wrestler mm-hmm. by the mm-hmm. name of Lita, amazing female wrestler, did a yeah. moonsault. I think the Hardy Boys pulled out the victory. Uh, or it, Lita was trying to protect the Hardy Boys at some point because they were just beaten. Stone Cold was beating the hell out of them. And they got Lita, didn't they? They, they beat the hell out of Lita. They smashed yes. her. Stone Cold hit her so hard with yes. a chair. And people were like, yes, hit her again. <laughs> oh, my God. They I was one of those people. I was one of those people. I was like, beat her ass. Because she's all trying to grab their legs and stuff like they do. You know what I mean? Oh. But Lita was the good guy. She was trying to help care. the underdogs. Like you didn't boys. care because it was Stone Cold. Yeah, it was Stone Cold. That's my man. Yeah, and like Stone Cold was so frustrated, reportedly, because he was like, dude, people love me and I can't get them to hate me. I I smacked a woman as hard as I could with a chair and people told me to do it again. He tried to do a heel turn and it oh. just didn't work. It just didn't take. You know, and he said he's reportedly gone back and said, if I could do it again, I would just stay a face, you know, because like like the what chance that he started. Have you are you familiar with the what chance? Uh, a couple of times. Yeah. It started as I'm going to try to annoy the hell out of people by saying what over again. And people yeah. made it their own. And they said, dude, why? And even now you'll still hear what chance <laughs> because yeah. of how he he says that he'll it. be going down the road in his truck or something at his hometown. And then someone will just go, what? <laughs> <laughs> he's like. Hi. Or they'll throw a beer at him, you know? <laughs> I mean... He's like, okay. <laughs> That's your life, though. That's what you did for however many years. I mean, no, it's true. That. It's a character. It's a recognizable... I mean, it's iconic. People still go up to The Rock, I'm sure, and say, it, what's your name? It don't matter what your name is. Exactly. He says people call him Jabroni, you to, know? <laughs> to tie it back to okay. Triple H, though. Yeah, that was his catchphrase. You Jabroni. Okay. <laughs> to tie it back to Triple H, when I think about it, Triple H took a, a lot of pages out of Ric Flair. Ric Flair was oh, yeah. the best chicken shit heel you could ever think of. Oh, yeah. And Triple H, even though he was a beefy dude, he was strong, he still had those moments. And then later on in in, in WWE, him and Ric Flair and a couple other guys actually come together. And you, there's mm-hmm. a spot I'll show you guys where mm-hmm. uh, Vince, so you know the Flair flop. Oh, yeah. You that, looked at the video that's, on that, right? That's what made me start to appreciate pro wrestling. There is a video online of Triple H jumping off the second rope, doing like a hammer and getting kicked in the face by the guy on the ground. And he leans back and he leans back a little further and for a solid 30 seconds doesn't move. <laughs> and he's like and he's like slowly teetering and tottering and you he's tag teaming with HBK and HBK is like motioning his hands to like fall over. And at one point HBK goes and goes trying to like get him to fall and he doesn't do it. And then Triple H recovers and you can hear Rick, yes, yes, champ recover. He recovers. He's doing great. He's like, I'm good. And he walks and he does a flare flop. And it, it is classic. It is a classic awesome. like dark match. Perfect. <laughs> but I guess, you know... If I haven't I, seen that. Oh, um, I, I'll, I'll show it to you I guys. haven't seen that. But I guess if I had to really think about it, I think Triple H sort of did the job to help Stone Cold, The Rock, and all these other guys get to that point. Right. Oh, by I'm sure playing they all helped role. each other move up in the... You know what I mean? Because, like, what the big storyline between Undertaker and Kane was, they hated each other. They thought that Kane was dead, they're brothers, and then Kane comes back and he hates the Undertaker, and it's a huge rivalry between brothers. But then years later, uh, I can't remember the catalyst, but something happened to where they came together. 
and they were together ever since as like a tag team. Yes, the Brothers of Destruction. And yes. they, these guys were like approaching, encroaching on seven feet tall, and they walked down the they're ring. They're like monsters. They're going to jack up anyone who they fight. And really, like. They were my favorites, too. I love no. The Undertaker. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and their entrance was the best. The best entrance ever. Kane was, it was all just red. Okay. Red in the entire arena. And then he would walk down those steps, and he was just like a monster, like Frankenstein, just <laughs> walking. And then he steps. gets in the ring, and just flames shoot up from all four posts of that ring. Nice. And it was just amazing. And then The Undertaker. Have you the ever un- seen The, the Undertaker I'm, I'm familiar with. I've seen several different clips. Kane, cool not familiar at all. I can definitely understand being there and... We talked about this a little bit last week in that one of Vince McMahon's uh, real successes mm-hmm. was bringing the elements of a rock concert to yes. wrestling. Yes, and see, and he is a the, smart the businessman. The dynamic and the energy of the pyrotechnics and the lights and the entrances. He has a lot of intention with everything. He's very methodical, I believe, I, I would, everything I would say so, too. And, but that's how he's gotten as far as he has. Inc- uh, but again, yeah. methodical, <laughs> including the amount of money he's paid out. Exactly. Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. I just, I wish, especially with the women, that he wouldn't just, there's your money, bye, seal it. Like, that sucks. That makes some, me think he's Some things are wrong whether society yeah. says that they're wrong at the moment or not. Yeah. Uh, and... I don't know. I, I guess covering up murders but is what gets me to. A lot of things that Vince <laughs> has allegedly done. Yes, allegedly. Are wrong now. <laughs> they were wrong in the 80s. They were wrong in the 1800s. They yeah. have always been wrong. But the amount why of can't money. can't change it? Because money. No. Because man is fundamentally greedy and money, <laughs> money heals every sin. Don't don't rationalize people, it. People Come will on. forgive anything <laughs> if the money is there. Don't rationalize he's, he's things, point. Mike. It's okay. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I I hate to say it. I don't like the way that the I world know. is that way. But the plain fact is, with enough money, you can get away with murder. We need to get these people. We need to just go on a vigilante crime spree and get these people and tie them up. Allegedly. <laughs> Satire. Allegedly. Satire. Satire. Allegedly. Well, so this <laughs> never happened. Here's the thing: for as much as I don't like Vince McMahon at who, for who he is, we're sitting here, we're talking about him in a podcast, and we're talking about all the brilliant stuff he's done. Not to take away from wrestling, right? Like wrestling has always been about presentation. He oh, just yeah. jacked up to eleven. Oh yeah. If you saw Kane doing a frog splash every day, it would be cool. <laughs> But it wouldn't be the same as Kane lifting a guy up into the air with one hand and chokeslanging. Well, you know, I really do give it to Vince that he has changed wrestling, like you just said. And, you know, he's changed it for the better, honestly. And that includes incorporating even more violence, you know, because look at what it was before Vince took it over. It was a lot of, uh, push you, throw you down. And there was no cage matches. There was no, like... Uber violence. There were there was no ring, thumbtacks. Ring, there were ring girls. There was no female participation. Yeah, right. There and the ring girls were kind of limited. I mean, it right, was exactly um, like he's he, done he brought a lot sex, for he the brought violence. He brought a lot to it. Mm-hmm. You can say that those things are good or bad things, but you can't say that they've been bad for wrestling. 
Right. Exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying for the industry. He's done magic. Yeah. You know, I will admit that. I'll give him props where it's due. And that's not to say that he hasn't made mistakes. I mean, when well, WWE went PG, that was very much lauded by the fans. And mm-hmm. they're like, okay, so we had the editor, the Attitude Era, and now we go to the PG Era. And it's like, people didn't want that, and people were against it. But he was trying to appeal to the kids. Right. I just you hate know. that he has such an ego that he tried to just incorporate himself into everything, like Mr. McMahon creating his own character. And then in 2006, 2007, somewhere in there, Whenever he faked his own death, and the Benoit, he, oh he, my God, boom! You're right, Vince McMahon. Do, are you aware of this, Mike? Of uh, Benoit balls? No, <laughs> heard of Vince McMahon faking his death. Uh, no, actually, I have not heard of that. He faked his death. Did he? Time. Okay. Did he? So the idea or was, or was he just recast afterwards? The idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we see Vince with the mustache today. It looks nothing like Vince I knew. <laughs> plastic hair, plastic, plastic eyebrows. I'm just saying. I mean, it could I have mean, happened. Vince Did even sounds different it? today. Okay, yeah. but anyway, yes. Um, so, so allegedly faked his own death. So it was supposed <laughs> That's to be his, his favorite word today. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it was supposed to be a storyline. Everyone was lined up. Like, all the wrestlers at the time were lined up, and Vince was walking through them. Mm-hmm. And Vince gets in a car in his car, and then it's a very, an absolutely perfect cut of it exploding. The car blew up, yes. The okay. limo. The mm-hmm. limo blew up. I, I remember that. It made the Vaguely news. Vaguely from my childhood. Yeah. Yeah. It made the news. People were talking. Vince has not been heard of since then. He and had, uh, what, did you, what do you call them, investors calling the WWE headquarters saying, what the hell just happened? He told no one about any of this. That's kind of what they do in wrestling sometimes if they want to really get the big news out because mm-hmm. wrestling is full of tea. There's a lot of tea to be spilled. There's yes, a lot of gossip is. in wrestling. And so if you really want to get something so over, you got to be quiet. Right. Well, I mean, it makes sense. And you, you don't want to reveal oh, the, yeah. the season four season finale before the finale. You want it to be so, the good cliffhanger. The day after this happened... It came out that Chris Benoit, a famous wrestler, had been murdered. Okay. That he'd been killed. And him and his whole family have been murdered. Someone killed them all. Okay. It originally happened as Benoit passed away. And then there were... And then they found out about it. Yes. Yes. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're totally fine. And then it's... So Benoit had passed away Mm -hmm. and there was... Benoit was the guy that they did the tribute for, and then later it came out that he probably was, was a murder-suicide so thing. So what happened after it came out that he had passed away, they did a huge tribute to him, and they had like two-minute segments of wrestlers crying yeah. and upset, saying, I miss you so much, man, you know, and you were a wonderful person. Eddie Guerrero. You, you was, were Eddie Guerrero, too. Yeah. Yeah, and then the very next day it came out that Chris Benoit was not, in fact, murdered, but it was a murder-suicide. Yeah, yeah. He, he annihilated had, he his He had whole killed family. his entire family. I have heard his story on a true po- yeah. crime podcast, and that's how I and know the story. And Vince came out that day, Basic, Yeah, basically said that, okay, we have to acknowledge this. We did a tribute to Benoit. It has come to light that he has murdered his family we are basically striking Benoit from the record. And he's been striking from the record, which I grew up in Chris Benoit, and it, I'm a little sad because I, I don't know how to feel about it. The man was an amazing wrestler, and then he did these horrible things because he supposedly had the brain of an 85-year-old man. 
I think if he killed his wife and his children and then himself, uh, feeling sad about it is a rational feeling. I, I don't think you should feel bad about feeling sad about that. That's and a very sad story. That also goes into a point that I have come up with that does Vince and the WWE treat mental health seriously? Now, did he... No. Was he suffering from that because of concussions? I definitely want to go into this a little more because Christopher Nowinski was another wrestler who suffered a concussion, basically started the whole concussion thing. Mm -hmm. And because it, we're now finding out that these concussions, even as little as one concussion, can have a noticeable Start to calcify portions of the brain. That's yeah, no, right. I mean, it, it can be bad. There are serious situations. The and NFL has men. taken a lot of safety precautions, <sighs> but they are under sports. This is sports entertainment. NFL, but I have not noticed a lot of safety precautions. The NFL has also tried to protect themselves. And they do what any company does. Well, as soon as you find some allegation has real ground, they try to protect themselves. WWE did the same thing. Vince came out and they go. So later on they do their reports. And I, I watched this interview with Vince and Linda. And they're like, so, you know, Benoit had the, the brain of an 85-year-old man with dementia from all the concussions that he did. Now, Benoit used to do the flying headbutt every match. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's literally, your head hits their face. And there's a couple of times that I remember watching where I'm like, oh my God, that dude, that's, that's got to rock you at least yeah. a little bit. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he Vince is told, you know, 85-year-old man, dementia, brain. Vince goes, so you're telling me that a man with an 85-year-old brain with dementia is able to go onto an airplane and do all these things and fly to every show every week and not have an issue. And he's like, and then he reportedly goes, and in the interview he goes, allegedly had this brain of an 85-year-old man because these are not facts yet. Because this was so new at the time that we were still experimenting. Right. But that is a classic case of Vince protecting himself and the company. You may have the brain of an 85-year-old man, but you do not have the body of an 85-year-old man. You are still fully functional, able. Yeah, you may forget things or whatever, but look at the entourage that Benoit had around him most likely the entire time. You know what I'm saying? When like, you have that many handlers, exactly, your day, handlers, even if yes. your day is not routine, your day is still just, I do what this guy tells me, then I exactly. do what this guy tells me. And you can you can survive in that world with severe dementia uh -huh. without any problems. Exactly. President Biden! <laughs> oh, and he's back. Yeah. I mean, you know, tied to Benoit, so like, you know, the whole Benoit thing happened, and then that kind of ruined Vince's storylines, and so he comes back to announce this. And mm -hmm. like he's rising from the ashes of these allegations of I am innocent and I did not do this. I need to do my job. And I need to do damage control. I'm going to show you that I am innocent by coming back into the camera. So how long was it after Benoit died that Vince faked his death? It was. It was before. before. It was before. Shortly yeah. before. It was like a couple of days before or a week before. It wasn't a long or, period of time because for sure. the very next day after the show aired and it showed him die or explode or whatever then the very next day it came out that he benoit died it was very soon vince didn't have mm -hmm. a lot of time to do what he really wanted to and do and that's why everyone was so confused saying i thought you were dead and you just came on live tv saying there's been a tragedy that happened with chris benoit right. and all of that and that comes down to vince being the consummate professional in terms of a CEO being able to protect himself, you mm -hmm. know, and to protect the company and being like, well, that, that kind of ruins my storylines. We're going to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that that's a recurring theme throughout Vince's life is that I need to protect myself. I need to. Vince has his own thing that he'll say that if I live, 
than have already won. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, not to put too fine a point on it, but this seems like a time where he protected himself by simply calling a halt to the storyline. There are other times, it seems, allegedly, yes, Mm -hmm. that (laughs) he has protected himself... um, in maybe less upstanding ways. It's like he's almost trying to make everyone see that he is a human and he has cares and sensitivities towards his people. Like a lizard folk would do. But uh, <laughs> uh, but, but is he? Because, I mean, there is a distinctive difference. And we're, I'm, I'm not letting that go. <laughs> there That's is next a, week's episode. There is a distinctive difference between... <laughs> Well, there's not a distinctive difference between Vince McMahon and Mr. McMahon. Mm-hmm. Mr. McMahon, or I guess Vince McMahon, can get sued for things that Mr. McMahon does. So For storylines that Mr. McMahon, but then again, maybe Vince deserves to be sued himself. Mr. McMahon can always be recast. Mm. Vince can't. He can be replaced. He yeah. can be replaced. And yeah, but Vince right. can't because he really is that kind of marketing mastermind that comes once or twice in a generation. It goes into Triple H. He has been replaced because his personal life, he has health issues. So he is stepping back into the behind the scenes and they're putting him in the office. You settle down. No more jumping off the ropes for you. I'm going to replace you with, let's say, Roman Reigns. Well, that's the thing with Vince is that he's always had that mindset is like, when WCW took over and they got Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, all these big names, he goes, that's fine. I'll just make another name because you're getting old. Right. Vince works off the thing that these guys have so much value to him until they get to a certain point. And then that's the hard part about wrestling. Like, you got to start when you're young if you're trying to be a professional wrestler. Because if you hit, like, 35, 37 and you're in wrestling and you haven't made it by then, you're probably not going to make it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that it, it's out of the... Out of the realm of possibility. There's exceptions to every rule. There is a very few, though, that have actually gone on to be successful later on in life. Yes. It's just like actors. Exactly. You yeah. have to establish your your fame, your reputation. It's a very special person. It takes person. a long time to do it, yeah. Yeah. Um, you got to really have a really good click to set you apart. It's the same as Hollywood. I mean, any yeah. career in entertainment takes mm-hmm. a lifetime to build and hopefully lasts that 15 minutes. Yep, that's what we were just saying, yeah. yeah. You got to have that opportunity. You hopefully you have a click that can protect you. Like Melissa McCarthy, you know, she is huge right now and she started what in her late 30s, early 40s or something like that. She started late in the game and she's huge, but she's an exception. Right. You know, there's a bunch of people that, you know, start off in the industry and they just, they flop, you know. Yeah, they never really go anywhere and... It takes a very select No one ever really notices. And when it it comes to Vince, like, I definitely... Like, when you look at Vince's storylines and, you know, like, let's talk, for example, about Trish Stratus. Trish Stratus Mm -hmm. got introduced... She was gorgeous. She's still gorgeous now. Oh, yeah. um, and she had a lot of wrestling ability. She was initially selected because she was hot. And then they discovered, like, hey, she can actually go. Like, let's let's go ahead and put her in. Nice. But you look at Vince's storyline. Vince kisses her. Vince makes her bark like a dog. Mm-hmm. And this is supposedly so, the bark like a dog came from she made some sort of mistake or some sort of error. And Vince had to basically check her on camera. Like That okay. is complete bullshit, though. That is abuse of power right there. 
That it, is total abuse of power. What if a CEO at a normal McDonald's did that to his employee? Oh, my God. It would be the end of the world. Vince is somehow completely. free of that. I don't care how much money this fool has. You make a woman bark like a dog, you are a dog in my opinion. Ratings are not, man. <laughs> Vince has done a lot of stuff. Like He, he has. He's kissed Sable, so supposedly whenever Sable first... So it was Mark Miro... Sable was Mark Merrill's wife. Yeah. And they did a talk, and Vince, oh, the only thing Vince could do during the thing was stare at Sable. She was like, she's beautiful. She, mm. well, we got to get her in there. We Can she be your manager? And, of course, Vince had a storyline. Just like his best friend, let's grab her by the pussy. <sighs> yes. Vince, Vince eventually kisses Sable. Mm. In an interview with Bob Costas, a very hostile interview, um, Vince goes, he gets very defensive because Bob Costas is really reaching, finds him, he's talking about the sexism in wrestling and how you, these women are more like accessories than actual people. And Vince, at some point, it's almost like he flips a switch and he goes, oh, you're, you're challenging me? And he goes, if you watch wrestling, at some point, Vince McMahon, Mr. McMahon, the character, is going to get his. I think Vince, in some sense, sees himself as the ultimate star. He's going to get over Of course. I think that's all there is. Yeah. Look uh, at his ego. But does he consider that that's what's already happened? He got his comeuppance. He stepped down as CEO. His daughter takes over. Mm-hmm. He gets replaced by a lizard person with <laughs> plastic black hair. <laughs> And ridiculous Let's black just call eyebrows. It bad plastic surgery. <laughs> a lizard bad. person who watched the Adams family too much and think Gomez looks normal. Which you know, it's the, if it is bad plastic surgery, you got all this billions of dollars. What the fuck are you doing? He even sounds pretty different in my you opinion. Know. I'm just saying the man doesn't need bad, bad plastic surgery. He's rich enough to afford adrenochrome. Yeah, no. Okay, I mean... if he wants to live forever, there are ways. He just. He went with the I've been replaced by a lizard person look. Well, it's that. And now he's he's back. Drinking the blood of little children. But now he's back. Murdering puppies, you know. But but then that does. Animal sacrifices. But that brings up something that is only slightly less ludicrous. And yet, if you've ever lived or worked near Hollywood, it's not that ludicrous. Did they recast Mr. McMahon? Because of Vince McMahon's legal troubles, have they just recast Mr. McMahon with someone who looks kind of like the guy if the guy had bad plastic surgery and put, you know, a plastic wig on his head? I mean, that's a really good conspiracy theory. Honestly, like it really, really, truly is. Well, everyone in Hollywood is recastable. Heath Ledger was recastable. A lot of people, though, don't realize that uh, you get old. And you're supposed to get old. And so they're like, I gotta fix myself. And it's a completely different person, like you're saying. Like, it's crazy. Look, Triple H realized that he couldn't stay in the ring forever. Yeah. So obviously he made a deal and, you know, I mean, he actually has a job outside the ring now. Transition yeah. to power, yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't want, I'm not going to throw fuel on the lizard folk fire. <laughs> I'm just going to set a gasoline, canner ne- gasoline canister next to it and make the suggestion. And, and walk away. Yeah. Vince yeah, was no. not one to step down. They, they, so these allegations started coming out, right? USA Today did an article saying about the $12.5 million, paid yes. out some multiple women these women were saying that like Vince would basically coerce them into doing oral sex and then Vince would be like sign this you'll get money and everybody will be happy and he's been married to Linda for 
since he was 21 years old. I mean, like a very long time. And these are not unheard of allegations for people in power, especially from people who have been in power since the 80s. And Vince very much comes off as the guy who's got an ego. And he's always like, I Vince is a workaholic. They say Vince supposedly sleeps. And again, this almost sounds like Kim Jong-un territory. Right. Vince sleeps like four to five hours a day. Um, and then he wakes up, works out, is always working constantly, eats real well. Like, he's a beefcake. He's a machine. People I can't keep up with him. He set up a fight club in Miami, too. <laughs> <laughs> but he does not. He's such a workaholic that he didn't want to step out. And these allegations are coming out. And he said, no, I'm fine. And then at some point, Stephanie steps down as CEO. And no one, because I was watching the Chris Jericho podcast and Dave Melter. If you don't know who Dave Melter is, he is the premier. He has been the guy for news and wrestling for the longest time. Okay. And he said, Stephanie stepped down. No, like maybe three people know why she did. She won't say. Nobody's saying. And I'm like, that's, that's really, really weird that a CEO won't explain why she steps down. The only thing that she has come out with that I read in the past couple hours was that she knew she was going to get demoted anyways. So she stepped away. So that her dad could come back. And I think this is Vince's grab for power. But then so. USA Today did the article. People started rumbling on Twitter saying, I don't want, not my Vince, basically. Not my Mr. Mm-hmm. McMahon. He's not my WWE president. Mm-hmm. And so he stepped away. And then he slid his slink back in. I think Vince didn't like retirement. And he tried to slink back in. And he did, and then there was – so as it stands right now, he is off creative. They're saying – people were saying that they saw Vincent Gorilla, and they said that Drew McIntyre is supposedly leaving the company because of that. But you asked the question earlier, does that sound like Vince? At any point in his career, did he, did he slink around and try to do – no. He mm-hmm. came in, he put television ads in your territory – he put on a bigger show than you right in your face. Does that does that ever sound like anything kind of that just slinking back into power? Does that sound like anything Vince McMahon has ever done in his career? Well, you see, supposedly, like, here's what I'm getting at is that Vince comes in, tries to get back in power, and all of a sudden he, he steps down, disappears for a little bit, comes back sounding different with a mustache and a almost like plastic haircut. It really, it looks like he has a plastic hair-shaped helmet on his head. And he, so, okay, before he stepped down the first time, he went on SmackDown, basically goes, welcome to SmackDown, and leaves. Okay. And then steps down as CEO. And then all of a sudden, he just slinks back, tries to do it, and then there's a, a, lot of, a lot of pushback. And all of a sudden, he goes, well, I'm off creative. And he sells WWE to Endeavor for like $3.3 billion. And they are saying, well, Vince will stay part of it. The pushback happens on Twitter, and people are like, well, he's off creative, so he's not on it. He's not going to be in guerrilla position anymore. He's not going to be running the thing. Okay. And I just don't see Vince as the kind of guy who would just give up like that. From all the interviews that I've seen, how he's acted, he's not a guy to just stand down and let that happen unless well, actually, he were replaced. Actually, that it makes a little bit more sense to me. Well, I see him having something to prove. He wants oh. to come out and say, I'm still Big Billy Badass. I'm not going to let these sexual allegations drag me down. Me too ain't got nothing on this motherfucker. You know, he's going to come out swinging. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still here. I'm not going to go hide in a cave, like, you know, 
famous directors did or anything like that or famous TV actors that had allegations from 30 years ago. I'm not going to go hide out. You know, I am still here. I'm still the face of this company. And you're going to kiss my ass. But then why would he sell it? Because he knew that money talks and that that'll cover his ass. And giving these women money, hush money on the side. He thinks in his mind with his ego that he is safe right now and that he it can come back and make this huge comeback. But he just sold the WWE. It's like he just said, look, this can't come back from my reputation. I would be interested to see if in the next couple of months, Stephanie McMahon is named head of creation of the WWE under new ownership. See, I think maybe he says he sold it. Just like he said, he was dead. So you think this might be Mr. McMahon selling mm-hmm. the company and not I think not so, Vince. because it's been in the family for generations. Why would he sell it right now when it's in its heyday right now? It is on its way up and up. Which goes with the storyline of yeah. Mr. McMahon being recast, exactly. coming out, selling things. <laughs> there you go. Doing this whole See, thing. See, it's all full circle here. This... You know I, I allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> you better watch yourself. They're gonna come after you. Allegedly. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, this has been a blast. Um, yes, very much so. I'm Mike Ford. I'm Alan Boteo. And this has been two smarts and a mark. Do you guys want to give a final opinion on anything? I mean, final opinion. I think Vince is the kind of guy who would never. Never let himself die. I think he'll go. He'll be fighting and will try to claw his way back to WWE if he can, even though people don't want him to do it. I feel he has good and bad points. He is a maniacal, evil genius, to be quite honest with you. To come up with this whole storyline for his alter ego, you know, Mr. McMahon, as opposed to Vince McMahon. And I just, I feel that he's going to keep doing what he's doing. And then Stephanie and Shane will take the reins whenever his time comes. Well, I was going to give a hot take on uh, the Hulk Hogan and Rock idea, but apparently there's a match I have to watch. Mm -hmm. So I'll just go with, I think, uh, Lizard People. Yep. Yep. uh, Do the hot take, man. He has been been (laughs) replaced by either a robotic clone or a lizard person. While Vince McMahon is sailing quietly somewhere in the Mediterranean. Well, hopefully these lizard people are nice to us civilians. And they let us, you know, live a little bit longer. They're not. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week.